Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this Netflix and Dill episode, we're discussing Miranair's six-part adaptation of Vikram Seth's novel, A Suitable Boy. A Muslim student, a Bengali poet, or an honest cobbler? Which boy meets our suitability requirements? Listen to find out. Before we begin, we'd like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people. Matt! Yeah. We are back with another Netflix and Dill. Well, yeah, we're going to put this in the Netflix and Dill stream because A Suitable Boy is going to be on Netflix in most parts of the world, but not in North America from what I understand. Yeah, I wonder if it goes to, like, BritBox or... BBC America, BBC Canada. I'm not sure. I was trying to figure out where it was going to end up in Canada and the U.S. Uh, and I was still just finding articles saying that it was sold to Netflix for all territories except China and North America. Uh, and then I gave up researching what was going on. <laughs> hmm. Well, it's a, it's a BBC production. So yeah. I think there's specific BBC kind of streams that it ends up on. And it's already aired in the U.K., uh, Has it aired in India? I I don't think so because I thought it had, but then Anna Pamatropra was reviewing it like us for the Toronto International Film Festival. So I think that's the first time she was able to see it. So I get the impression that it actually hasn't hit India yet. We'll have to do a spoiler zone at the end of this. Yes. Uh, but before we get to that, Matt, mm-hmm. we have a new review. Another new review. What? Uh, However, I do want to quickly follow up on the review that we read in our last episode from Crazy Brownchick. Yeah, we gave your cousin Biffle points. We have since discovered that her friend Chris is my dear cousin, Christopher, who I absolutely adore. And I had no idea he was recommending our podcast to people. Uh, and that is that is great to hear. But have I'm you ever given your mother Biffle points? I guess she hasn't written a review, but this is the first family member who's ever gotten any. I mean, my mom is so beyond Biffle Points, considering she's downloaded the show uh, 500,000 times. She's in the Biffle VIP club. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But I'm just wondering if you want to amend your Biffle Points now that you know it's Christopher. Do you think he deserves less or more Biffle Points? Or are you, like, do you feel like the 10 you gave him is adequate? Now that I know that he's recommending the podcast, he's known about it for at least two or three years, and he's only gotten us one (laughs) review out of it. I feel like I'm holding on to five of his Biffle points, but if he's able to get some more people interested in the show, I'm going to give him back. Mm-hmm. But, you know, two years in one review, you do better, Christopher. <laughs> Those are rookie numbers. Uh, I'll also say that we are getting the ball rolling on uh, what we want to do with the Biffle points. Uh, it might roll slowly. It's rolled extremely slowly up until this point. Uh, but we're sending out some emails, so things could start happening. Who knows? In a year, maybe we'll be able to tell you what we what we want to do. It's not a cryptocurrency, though. No. I was poo-pooed on that one. <laughs> so this new review comes from Mild Mannered Gamer. They are also in Canada. More mm. Canadians. Uh, and they give us five stars. Ooh, thanks, Gamer. And write, refreshing. I grew up in India in the 90s, loving and living Bollywood. When I moved out of the country, I also stepped out of my bubble, spending time in different countries and cultures. Today, I still ardently love Bollywood, but when I revisit the films I watched growing up, they usually break my heart. They are often racist and misogynistic, and almost always casually sexist. Listening to you guys with your outsider's perspective has been such a gift. The positivity you two bring to your discussions has helped me enjoy the lovely bits of old Bollywood again. Thank you for such an insightful, fun, and positive podcast. Thank you, gamer. That is... That is... That is really that is really nice to hear. We really appreciate that. Uh, I think one of the things we always try to do with this show is be positive, even when we dislike something or we think something is bad or something upsets us, like Kabir Singh. <laughs> no, I still uh, think that movie sucked. Oh, so do I. But I think we always try and. Make- I try to make people laugh. The, at me saying it sucks. Yes, we try to. We want the show to be a positive one. So but seriously, that movie sucked balls. It is terrible. <laughs> I really appreciate hearing uh, that our listeners feel that because that's sorry about of... that negativity, listeners. 
I don't have any negativity for this show or for a nice review. That's good. But that is that is one of the big goals yeah. with with the show is that you know we do want it to be a positive place and even there's we, a lot of negative movie podcasts. Out exactly. There. Yeah, we talk about that a lot. That you know this is not a place where we want to come to make fun of movies. Uh, we do sometimes discuss their problematic aspects. I certainly see what mild mannered gamer is saying about some of the sexist portrayals that we see in Bollywood. We sometimes talk about uh, the way that cops are portrayed in Bollywood and how the police violence sometimes we find difficult to watch. So Blackface. Yeah, we don't shy away from pointing those things out, but... Depictions of gay people. Yes, yes. Yeah, there's we, some issues, but it's getting better. We do want things to be positive. Uh, so if you are cool like mild-mannered gamer... And want 10 biffle points who gamer just got... I think like I think I think you're giving reviews like fifteen or twenty. Oh, okay, fifteen. Five more. <laughs> At some point, we'll have to publish on our Tumblr uh, how much you got for writing a review. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you want some biblical points, and also you just want to put a smile on our face, uh, please leave a review, and we'll read it out on our next episode or the just episode cr- we record after we get that review. Just a crumb of reviews, please, sir. Mm-hmm. They really help. They really make a difference. We will also let you know that we are, well, I am hosting a panel at Yeg Podfest. I'll be watching it. Yes, you'll be in the room encouraging me, I guess, or... I might be in the other room, but yes. Oh, you might be in the other room? You're not going to be in the room with me? I'm hosting a panel at Yeg Podfest, which is presented by LitFest on October 3rd at 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. I'm going to be joined by a trio of other Indian film podcasters, and we're going to be discussing, you know, what it's like to be podcasting in this space and why there aren't more film podcasts that discuss Indian cinema or Bollywood. So we talked about it in our last episode. I don't want to repeat myself, but we will continue to leave that link in our show notes, and we hope that you can join us. Some great guests lined up. Okay, Matt, a suitable boy. Uh, I like to think I am, yeah. <laughs> are you? Yeah. Are you a boy or a man? Do you I, care? I was a boy at one point. You were a boy at one point? Uh, this is the latest film or film film project uh, from Mira Nair. Your buddy. <laughs> uh, yes. I, I did meet her a couple years ago at the TIFF Bell Lightbox Cinema. She was there presenting Queen of Katwe for a series that they do, uh, which is a fantastic film. I 100% recommend that people go check that out. I think it's totally underrated. It's probably on Disney Plus? It was on Netflix, but now it might be on Disney Plus. I'm not sure. It's such a lovely family film uh, that is not without, I think, kind of like, it's not Pablum. It's, It's about a a young chess player from Uganda. It's it's very, very good, and I really wish more people would see the film. Uh, and I, I think I've probably mentioned this on the show before, but uh, Miranair's son uh, is a rapper and sings a song in the film about the number one spice, which is salt, and she told us at that talk that her son goes by the rap name Young Cardamom. Uh, Y-U-N-G? <laughs> Uh, I don't know, but I've never forgotten that detail because it's I a great rap name. It was so delightful. Miranair is a director who I'm sure many of our listeners are familiar with. She's an Indian film director who came of notice around the world with her film Salam Bombay, which was nominated for the best uh, foreign language feature at the Oscars. It is one of three Indian films to be nominated, the other two being Mother India and Lagan. Her film, Monsoon Wedding, uh, further kind of broke out into kind of the art house theaters here in North America. It's available on the Criterion Collection. I've talked about it on my show, Trash Art in the Movies, with Paul Matwichuk. You've seen it, Matt. It's very yeah. good. That's where we learned about the concept of bit rot. Because mm-hmm. our, our, our Blu-ray had bit rot. 
there was just a bad set of Blu-rays, and they were yeah. Uh, they there was were, a recall on a bunch of Criterion yeah. Blu-rays, and we missed like I missed twenty minutes from the end. No, it, it was five. minutes. It was like five minutes <laughs> from the end. So I was just like, what's going to happen? We had to send the disc to New York, and they it's had a to great send movie though. Back. It is a great movie. Uh, she's you know continued to make movies for decades uh, in Hollywood, Vanity Fair. The namesake. I've seen all of these. I haven't seen Salam Bombay, but I've seen all those other ones. Yeah, yeah. She did a film about Amelia Earhart as well. I think it's just called Amelia. Okay, I, I didn't did, see. I didn't see that one. I didn't see that one either. Uh, but we're, we're that's big... with Boys Don't Cry person, right? Uh, Hilary Swank. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're big fans of her work, and so when we apart have... from the ones I haven't seen, <laughs> yes, we're big fans of all the films we have seen. Uh, I mean, some of them have been more successful than others, but Vanity I... Fair was good. Vanity Fair was good. Yeah, I think that's one of the ones that kind of got in this house. We uh, respect dismissed. Vanity Fair. We, we, <laughs> well, you we, read the book. We respect Thackeray in this house. <laughs> Uh, so I was really excited when I heard that she was going to be uh, directing this project with the BBC. Now, the book, A Suitable Boy, we have not read. It's written by Vikram Seth. And you told out. me it is the one of the longest books in the English language. Yes, yes. It's one <laughs> of the longest books in the English language that's been published as a single volume. Yeah, that's, that's important. Yeah, that's a stipulation. Because The Lord of the Rings would probably be longer. But that was published as three volumes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Came out in 1993 um, and has been critically acclaimed since. I guess Vikram Seth is working on a sequel that has, uh, he's kind of missed the publication dates. This is a very, like, uh, George R. R. Martin situation where he's missed his uh, his publication dates with his publisher. And we got to see how the hacker from Happy New Year gets married. <laughs> and I think has moved publishers during like his publisher might have been bought by another press. Well, no. What it seems like is, from what I was reading, a suitable boy came out with one publisher, and I apologize that I don't remember the name of his publishers. And then he was going to publish a suitable girl with another publisher. He missed his publication date, and now it looks like he's back with his original publisher. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. maybe the editor moved back, or I don't know. Could be anything. Yeah, yeah. And he's he said that he's he's been dealing with writer's block because he had a bad breakup. Sure. So. He also wrote one of the longest books in the English language, so it takes a while. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we haven't read it. Uh, it sounds... I didn't have time in the <laughs> week between the last episode <laughs> and now to read one of the longest books in the English language. No, no. But you have been reading Sacred Games. Yeah, I am reading that one. Which I'm, is long. I'm about a third of the way through that. It's yeah. It's very good. So maybe, you know... Someday. Maybe someday you'll get to it. So this series was the closing night of the TIFF the Toronto International Film Festival this year. Now, because of the pandemic, <laughs> TIFF put on a hybrid festival. Yeah, they was, had people in seats still, huh? Yeah, that was in person at their cinema, the TIFF Bell Lightbox, as well as drive-in screenings, both in Toronto and L.A., from what I understand. Well, that makes sense. And then, Those are the two places where the critics are. Yeah, and then there were digital screenings that were geolocked to Canada. Fun fact, drive-ins don't work here. Not really. It takes a long time. In the summertime when you would want to go to a drive-in, it takes a really long time for the sun to set. So yeah. like, you wouldn't be able to start the movie till like 11, 11.30. Yeah. And then here in the winter time, when... <laughs> you don't want to be in your car. You don't want to be in your car. You could freeze to death. Uh, it'll like set at 4 o'clock. There's kind of like a window of opportunity right now. And the India Film Festival of Alberta has been putting on some drive-ins. They did a drive in Mama Akbar Anthony. Hmm. But we don't have a vehicle. So yeah, that's the other problem. We were unable to go. <laughs> so I don't know if I'd rent a car to go see it. Uh, Good movie, but I can watch it at home. But yeah, in the summer, the sun sets really, really late. So it's it's hard to have drive-ins here. It's because we're north. Yes. We're and then north. in the winter, it sets really, really early. Uh, so because of this hybrid festival this year, we were able to attend the closing night of TIFF and watch this film. And by attend the closing night of TIFF, I mean we watched it the next day in our pajamas on the sofa. <laughs> in one sitting. Yes. Yes. Basically. So, we paused it a couple times, but we did it. We did go through the whole thing. Yeah. So TIFF's digital cinema viewer gives you 24 hours from when the film becomes available uh, so it's six o'clock uh, Toronto time, so four o'clock here. 
They give you 24 hours from then. This wouldn't be a However, huge problem unless, if the movie isn't six hours long. Exactly. However, once you start it, you only have 12 hours to finish it. So if we had started it at 4 o'clock, we would have had to be done by 10. And we, we were kind of busy with some stuff, so we did not start it at 4. We intended to start it at 6, watch three hours, go to bed, and wake up the next morning and watch three more hours. But that was impossible. And if we started at 6... We wouldn't finish it until midnight, and we are sleepy pandas. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so I'm getting old. We couldn't start it till the next day, and we were a little worried that it would no longer be available at 4 p.m. the next day. So we got up at about 8, 8.30, and then had to deal with technical difficulties. The app is no good. The app is not very good. It was not working on our Apple TV we- updated our apple tv which like took a whole half an hour then it was sort of working and it started stalling again so we just airplayed it from our computer which worked fine for the most part i just have to say i wasn't too impressed with this digital cinema viewer i thought the fantasia one worked a lot better yeah the fantasia one you could tell that it was individually coded to us too because you could see there was like a number on the side and they would use that in case of piracy so if someone uploaded Kriya to Mm-hmm. BitTorrent or something, they'd say, oh, it was Mad Air. And you could see because of their number. Yeah. This one, it didn't really have... If it did have security protocols, they were kind of invisible. And, yeah, the app was not great. Yeah. The Apple TV app was useless. It did the, not work at all. The picture quality was... Oh, the picture quality on this was times. awful, which yeah. is annoying because I think the movie probably does look pretty good, but I can't tell. It, I mean... Yeah, it, it kind of, the, the picture quality fluctuated throughout our viewing, and at times was absolutely beautiful, and at other times we were like, oh, there's a lot of pixels on the screen. We can see, like, all five of the pixels. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's unfortunate, and our internet was running very fast the whole time we checked, so... 28 megabytes per second, I can check on my phone. not seem like it was our issue. It's Tiff's fault. Uh, yeah, so that was our experience at Tiff, uh... I think we, we told our listeners we'd update on what we wore. I wore pajamas. I wore uh, boxers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was quite, this was quite a lovely show to sit and watch uh, for six hours straight. Yeah, I mean, once it's on TV, it's worth binge watching. That was pretty decent. Yeah. Uh, so it originally aired on the BBC July 26th to August 24th. As we mentioned, it is six episodes long. Each one is about an hour, and it is coming to Netflix at some point. And we are not entirely sure where it will be available in North America or China. My guess is in China. some sort of BBC app thing. Yeah. Or, you know, like sometimes they say... Netflix didn't get the right for North America, and then they end up getting the rights later. Like, that's kind of what happened with the Ghibli films. Right, yeah. They're now available in Canada yeah. when they initially signed that deal. It could be, it could be Netflix deal. eventually. Wherever it ends up, though, it's worth watching. Yeah. Uh, all, well, almost all six episodes were directed by Mira Nair. The fourth episode was directed by Shimit Amin of Chakde India. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't really notice a clear, like, shift in that episode. I think that's the riot. Kind of a big crowd scene. I think because we watched it all at once, it just all kind of fades into one. Yeah, and around the fourth, fifth episodes when the image quality started getting really bad. Ah, and it was kind of phasing in and out for most of it. The movie stars Tabu, Ishan Kater as Mon. And... Gotta say, the, the story is basically about two young people, Lata and Mon. Yeah. Tanya Maniktala plays Lata. She's probably my favorite character. One of them. Uh, Raska Dougal plays Lata's sister. Mahira Kakar plays Lata's mother. Uh, Gagan Dev Ryer plays Pran, Lata's brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. We're big fans of Pran. And Pran is also Ishan Kater's brother. So that's the link between the two houses. Yeah. Uh, Vivan Shah, Viv- Vivek Gomber plays Aaron, he's a douche. Uh, Shahana Goswami plays Minakshi, I'm one another, my favorite characters. Uh, Mikhail Sen plays Amit, Namit Das plays Haresh, and Dinesh Razvi plays Kabir. These are the three boys who could be suitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shubham Saraf plays Feroz, uh, Ram Kapoor plays uh, Ishkata's dad, and Vijay Varma plays Rashid. 
whereas uh, VJ Roz played for She's Dead. Yeah, that was funny because at some point we were watching it and I kind of made a comment that VJ Varma looked a bit like VJ Roz. Uh, they were both in Gully Boy, obviously, and then VJ Roz showed up as VJ Varma's father. <laughs> Yeah. You also don't have um, Randy Puda yes. in this. So. It's a very small role. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about that. They're pretty big <laughs> to me. Um, but, uh, yeah, he plays a hot guy who is sleeping with Meenakshi. Yeah. And cheating on, well, her, his his fiance and Arun is Meenakshi's husband. Mm-hmm. And Arun is Lata's brother. So do you want to set us up with the, the plot, Matt? Okay, so the show starts in 1951. We know this because Ustad Khan has told us that it's been four years since uh, partition. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ustad Khan is a rich uh, Muslim landowner guy. So he's friends with Mahesh Kapoor, played by Ram Kapoor. And he, uh, Mahesh Kapoor is a, a minister in the new Congress government. Mm-hmm. Uh, they live in a city called Brahmpur. Yeah, it's, it's a fictional location uh, in northern India. Mm-hmm. It appears to be close enough to Delhi that and Kapoor and yeah, that Kapoor and Khan can like go there to attend work. Yeah. And be they, at the legislature. They go to Calcutta a number of times in the show as well. Yeah. So um and Kapoor is working on the uh, bill to get rid of the Zamindar mm-hmm. uh, class, which we saw in Lutera as well as Rudali. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of divesting this landowner class. Some of them are old royals and things, and kind of making it a bit fairer for normal people living mm-hmm. in India. Um, so as I said, Man Kapoor is Mahesh Kapoor's son, and he's kind of a fail son, I guess you might <laughs> call him. He's a rich child of privilege who's friends with Feroz Khan, so the other, the rich Muslim guy's son, and they, um, you know, I thought they were kind of romantically close. They're still very, very close. Okay, yeah. Very early on in the film, Matt predicted that Ishan Kector's character would be queer. Or maybe bi. Yes. Uh, and then he proceeds to have a very steamy romance with Taboo. So yeah. he could still potentially be bisexual. He's clearly very close to his best friend. Yeah. Uh Notably, Vikram Seth himself is queer. Hmm. Uh, So I don't know if that is a subtext from the book or not. They are very close, though. They are very close. It really seemed like you had called it. Mm -hmm. uh, But they never acted on it. No. Yeah. And he he falls hard for Taboo, and who wouldn't? As you would. So uh, Taboo plays Saeedabai, who is a courtesan in uh, Brampur. And um, Isha Cutter falls in love with her. And essentially, like, starts wearing, um, like, the kind of Muslim guy outfit, starts learning to read um, Urdu, Urdu because he could speak it already. Yeah. But he's starting to learn it. And he kind of just, like, leaves his whole life as a rich son of privilege and then starts living at this courtesan's house. Mm-hmm. And this kind of gets him into trouble later on. Um I don't really want to spoil too much. We could go into the spoiler part, but like he gets uh, what his father wants for him and what he wants for himself is pretty drastically different. He essentially has to go out to the country for a while with. He just wants to lay around and like sleep with Tabu. Yeah. His father we wants him to like get a job. Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, completely understandable. She's not really a respectable partner no, for him. No. Completely understandable character motivation. Though. She's an unsuitable woman for him. I did find Ishan Kutcher's character extremely annoying, but I thought the actor himself did a good job of being this annoying yeah. brat. Now, that's pretty much the B plot. Yeah, that's the B plot. Of the show. What so, is the A plot? <laughs> so, where we get into boys' suitability rankings is Mon Kapoor, so Ishan Kutcher, his brother, Pran, has married into the Mara family. So, Lata Mera is the main character of the show. Mm-hmm. She is okay. So I'm not. I don't think she's a university student. She's a stu- she's a student. I studying English literature. Yes, I think they're okay 
like financially, the father has died, and the mother kind of moves between the different uh, siblings' houses. The Maras. Yeah. Yeah, the Maras are they are cert- they're not well off, but they're not by any means like they're not cool. social outcasts. Yeah. No. And uh, our Mara. But they do have to live with their like. Lata's mother has to live with her children's spouses. Yeah, so she basically lives at Pran and Rupa's house. Yeah. Uh, And, uh, yeah, they try to find Lata a husband, Mm -hmm. essentially. Although she basically, well, she finds two of the three guys, and then the other one they find through a matchmaking person. Yes, so... So the show is kind of like split into these two narratives. One is kind of Lata's coming of age. She's, you know, studying English literature. Her mother is very invested in wanting to marry her off. Because her sister got married off in the first episode. So it's like, okay, I got to get my next one done. Yeah. The show opens with her older sister's wedding. To Prawn. Prawn, our favorite guy. I love Prawn. Prawn is great. Lata's not sure if she is interested in marriage at all until she meets a cute boy at college. Yeah. Uh, so this is as, Kabir Durrani, played by Dinesh Razvi. Yes. He's, as, pretty, he's got a young Aditya Roy Kapoor look, too. Yeah, I think he does. He, like, he's got that kind of model, handsome guy. Yeah. As the show goes on, uh, two more suitors kind of find their way into her orbit, one is Manakshi's brother, Amit, who is a poet. Yeah, who has, this is played by Mikhail Sen. He has a kind of like a Abbe deal meets Billy Zane sort of thing going on. Young Billy Zane. Young yeah. Billy Zane. I mean, he's also very handsome. Yes. All three of the guys, pretty handsome. Uh, and the third suitor, Lata's mother, finds kind of through a family friend who plays matchmaker, and that is Haresh who is a cobbler. He's very much a self-made man who's gone to England to learn how to make shoes. He's played by Namit Das. And, and I would say more than a cobbler. Like, he's like a foreman at a shoe factory. Yeah. But yeah. he worked his way up from the bottom. He comes back to India, he says, because the British left us barefoot and now we need to make shoes. It's a great line. Yeah. Uh, so so lots is trying to navigate, you know, what what she wants for herself and what she might want for her future Mm -hmm. (laughs) all while her mother's trying very hard to push her in a certain direction and her brother her older brother arun who's married to manakshi chatterjee meddling quite annoyingly in her life he's probably the funniest character on the show because he's He's very much like He's the, a jerk. the Chatterjees are rich, so yeah. Ahmed and Minakshi. Minakshi's cheating on Arun with Randy Puda, and she has a very like I know it's the fifties, but she's got kind of like a jazz age lifestyle of just going mm-hmm. out to nightclubs, smoking all the time, having dinner parties. Her life's great. One of my favorite characters. Uh, she's very attractive too. Yeah. Uh, often in a state of undress with Randy Puda, um, <laughs> who is also very attractive. But Arun is like. He's not nouveau riche, but he's like nouveau married riche. Yeah. Because he's very snobby. I don't he's, really understand what his job is. He sure he's, he's a lawyer. Oh, he's a lawyer. Okay. Yeah. He's a lawyer, and he uh, he affects a British accent yes. the whole time. He's always putting on airs. He's got great clothes, <laughs> and he's a super snob. Uh, mini spoiler alert. Never actually been to England, whereas Haresh, who did go to England to learn how to be a cobbler, uh, like, Arun's kind of big-dogging him, like, oh, where did you go? Cambridge? Oxford? He's like, Northampton University of Technology or something, like, oh, I would have thought you were an Oxbridge man. Like, oh, well, when did you go to England last? Ah, funny thing about that. Never actually been. Classic. Seeing a guy like that getting destroyed socially. Love that. So the show kind of uh, bounces back and forth between these two main narratives and kind of follows these two uh, protagonists uh, in 1951 India in the background and then also sometimes within the main storyline, you know, there are things like... There's some tension. Conflict between Hindus and Muslims. The Zamindar and uh, that kind of stuff. Reform. Uh, So that's kind of all happening in the backdrop. So it's very much kind of following the lives of these two young people during a time of major social change Mm -hmm. in the country. I think that's probably the best way to describe it. 
Yeah, and it's also after, like, partition. So, like, yeah. the big one has happened, and they're still feeling aftershocks. Yeah, it's still, it's this new developing country that is... It's uh, about to have its first election ever. And that kind of is a, it's a, I mean, it's a plot point. I don't want to say it's a major one. It ends up being, being I think, more of a minor one, but... The election? I don't know. I think it becomes pretty major later on. That's how Ranveer Shori shows up. Yeah, but it is interesting to see kind of how the different characters feel about voting yeah <laughs> arun is a lawyer but like doesn't seem at all interested in voting and oddly he said like seems... the raj was so good i wish yeah. we would go back to that oddly seems to miss the raj that's his whole british guy thing though yeah uh so i guess how to get into this show overall i really enjoyed it i thought it was a really kind of relaxing show to watch on a sunday afternoon however i think there's aspects of Ishin Qatar. Ishin Qatar storyline and Lata's storyline, so Lata and Man, they feel at times at odds with one another throughout Ishin the show. Ishin Qatar is in, like, the movie Kalank. Yeah. And, and then Lata is in, you know, her life is not devoid of tragedy, but it's also a little bit more bubbly. <laughs> Things are going okay. Yeah, I just don't know if the show weaves together the two storylines as seamlessly as I wish it had. And it, I think there's kind of a an interesting kind of tonal shift from one to the other, as well as like a difference in like performance attitude. From you know what it is though. One to the other. Tabu's only in her his story, and they want as much Tabu as possible. And her life is actually pretty depressing. So, like. Just by being in her orbit, because she's the most famous person in the show. Right. Like, they want as much of their marquee star as they can. Maybe the book is more even. I, I suspect they had the role figured out before they cast Taboo. Mm. And, I mean, Taboo has worked with Miranair before, uh, as has kind of a lot of these um, bigger-named actors, like Ram Kapoor and Vijay Raz and Randy Puda, uh, all three of whom are in Monsoon Wedding. Mm-hmm. So... I I don't necessarily think it's trying to get more taboo on screen. I think they are trying to balance out the screen time between these two narratives. I just don't know if they're interwoven as successfully as they could be. Basically, every time Mom was on screen, I was like, where's Lata? Is Lata coming <laughs> back? Because I didn't care about a story I've seen many times of a young like child of privilege Falling in Mixing love up with, with a courtesan. courtesan. Oh, no. Yeah. I think like, that's pretty done to death. But maybe the book did it first and a bunch of movies we've seen after have copied it. But it's also kind of Devdas. Like, Devdas does that. It um, feels very Kalank at times. Certainly, yeah. it is a lot better executed than Kalank was. I do not want I don't know to. If it, I don't know if it looks as good visually as Kalank. Because Kalank was very ostentatious. Yeah, I mean, it certainly feels like the money is on the screen here. Like, this yeah. this is one of the most expensive BBC productions ever made. Uh, Miranair has famously called it the crown in brown. Yeah. Uh, and it's worth noting that um, Andrew Davies, who adapted it, is not Indian. Hmm. Uh, so I think it's I think it's really important that they did get an Indian director. Yes. Yeah, I, I think especially having someone who's not Indian adapt it, I think they really needed to, to nail... Uh, who they got to realize it. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can't go wrong with someone like Miranair. I found that Mon's storyline, yeah, the falling in love with a courtesan and becoming... Who hasn't done that? I so did that. We've all been there. ...obsessed with her. It just, it goes to a very... Stereotypical ...predictable place. place. Yeah. And there there is kind of some twist there that we won't get into, at least until we go to a spoiler section, that you and I saw coming from a mile away that I think were ultimately really disappointing. They didn't amount to much. I wasn't worried. I I was more wondering, like, which of these boys is suitable? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That I got to know, because Ishan Qatar, definitely not suitable. Figured that out from moment one. You did keep saying, like, oh, my God, she better not end up with Ishan Qatar. And because we are not familiar with the book, we did not know if, like, that's where it was headed. And that's why we were following both of them. Uh, We won't say. But at one point, we did wonder, like, is she just going to marry Mon? Is she just going to marry Pran's brother? Yeah. Suitable suitability levels very well. <laughs> His suitability level you felt was low. It's, uh, in, the, it's about, in the toilet. Let's talk a bit about Ishan Qatar's performance. So I've seen him before. I saw him in uh, 
Beyond the Clouds, which was his debut, and Duck opposite Jean-Vi Kapoor. Um, I think he's very, very cute. I think he, he, you know what I call him? I call him a sweater boy. I, I feel like <laughs> he looks he, like he needs a sweater. I feel like he just needs to be wrapped in like knitwear. If you hadn't, if you hadn't told me that he was Shahi Kapoor's brother, right? I would have guessed that like he took lessons from Shahi Kapoor because I think mm. they have a lot in common with um, when they're getting angry and kind of petulant. Yeah, like he could be, you know, Kabir Singh too, mm-hmm. like that kind of overzealous, jealous guy. Like he does that pretty well, and like he, he, you know, he learned it from the best. I think it's a really good performance. I've yeah. I've liked Ishan Qatar in everything I've seen him in. Uh, I haven't found. I wasn't crazy about the film to Doc. I actually like Beyond the Clouds more than most people. But I think I think he's very good. Yeah, he's fine. There's... And he's very likable. He's very cute. And I think he's giving a very he's giving a very kind of emotionally charged performance. Yeah. I don't know if it always works within the show, but I do think it's impressive and I like him. He's the Ferris Bueller to his buddy, uh <laughs> Rose's Cameron. <laughs> it's true. It's like, very true. He's the one always slacking off, doesn't want to do anything, and his buddy's like, uh, you know, I've got responsibilities. Ishan Katar's like, what's a responsibility? I'm yeah. just going to ruin everyone's life around me just for fun. Yeah. Taboo's fantastic, but let's be perfectly honest, she could do this role in her sleep. Yes. It's not <laughs> It's not a gigantic reach for her. No. Neither is it for Vijay Raz, who plays kind of a, a land-owning guy who's son is a Urdu teacher who works with Tabu. Mm-hmm. And like he kind of sits around and kind of broods on his farm. It's pretty easy. You could do that. Yeah. I thought Ranveer Shori was really good. He's a sort of fixer in uh, that riding where Vijay Raz lives. Mm-hmm. And later on there's some sort of political machinations there. I think it's pretty good. He's playing a guy who is Sort of coming off as like a dumb servant type, but is actually pretty clever and is yeah. like kind of filing stuff away for his own uses later on. He was really good. It was funny when he showed up on screen because you were like, Ranveer, everyone's in this. And I was like, I don't see Ranveer Singh. Yeah. I was like, no, sure. <laughs> yeah. Who is always a delight to see. Uh, him showing up here kind of reminds me that, like, while I wasn't the biggest fan of Angrezi Medium... His character ruled. <laughs> uh, you know, there are so many elements of Angrezi Medium I really like. I it's like four different movies yeah, is the problem. <laughs> the whole thing doesn't come together, but individual elements of it are great. Uh, and so I kind of... I think Ranveer Shori really brings uh, some of that... I mean, it's not... Some of that, like, some comedic energy mm-hmm. that I think that uh, section of the show really needed he's not like full-on like comedy like he is an aggressive medium but he just kind of like he brings he brings he brings a little something that i think he's got a vata varan to him yeah uh i also quite liked ram kapoor yeah he's good yeah i think he gives a a really good performance uh and i was really happy who's trying to help people and all the muslim people like him because he's trying to wrest uh, power away from the zamindars Mm -hmm. and especially were um, Rashid, um, Vijay Raz's son, that whole place. Like, they're under the thumb of Zamindars, and they want to own property and yeah. stuff. Now, going back to Lata's side of the show. I Lata's think, great. Yeah, I think this is really where the show is most successful. And this is, like, her first thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. She, was, she became interested in acting, graduated... Degree in English literature in 2018, and then, bam, yeah, she auditioned, and it's her second on-screen role. It says that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and she's her name again, Matt. Tanya Manaktala. Yeah, she is absolutely fantastic. She gives a much more kind of understated performance than Ishan Katar does, and it's just it's a re- it's a really layered performance of mm-hmm. a young woman kind of discovering who she wants to be. She's basically and, a Jane Austen heroine. Oh, definitely. And, yeah. There are a lot... Are there any Austen references outright? There's a Hardy reference. And yeah. there's Shakespeare references to Twelfth Night. Because, uh... And there's a Joyce reference. Because she... She wants to study James Joyce, but that's reading, too, too sexy. Not allowed. Yeah. Don't do it. Which, thank you for explaining that to me, because I was like, I don't know, why, why, why can't they study James Joyce? And you were like, oh, too Yeah, sexy. listeners, uh, <laughs> look up James Joyce's personal life. You might find it interesting. It's definitely out there. Yeah. 
But yeah, she. I think she certainly kind of has that, yeah, like Jane Austen-y quality. I mean, you would know more than I would, um, but that, that Austen-y kind of heroine, especially because it's all about like how she's going to marry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I loved her performance and if... I would have been perfectly happy if the show just, just carried that. on with more of her. Yeah, this could just be his show. <laughs> it could be like Downton Abbey or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, the three boys. Suitability rankings. We have Kabir. We might need to go into spoiler territory we for the actual into, suitability rankings. Yeah, we will go into spoiler territory. So there's some dark horses out there. Yeah. Uh, so, Kabir... Uh, he's a fellow student, but he is Muslim. And yeah, the whole time the I whole kept problem. shouting at the screen, like, and, and you know, at no point does the show like, like really kind of get nasty about an inter kind of religious coupling. It's more that the mother would disapprove and it, it would just like, it's just a non possibility. Yeah. I kept yelling at the screen like, oh, it's 1951. And there, there's a scene at one point with um, Maude and Faroz where after a riot, uh, Faroz is almost beaten to death. Maude has to stop uh, a group of rioters from, from beating him. And there's a part of me that just went, went like, oh, do you two really want to take on the social stigma of an interreligious marriage? In 1951, and girl, are you really like that into him to kind of he's just the carry first, this burden? He's for... the first guy who's ever talked to you at school. Yeah, and they do, and he's a poet and hot. So it's like, you know, I think you see that character a lot in movies. Yeah, and I think they do the kind of intoxicating young love thing, what we had just talked about in Bobby, really, really well, where she falls fast and falls hard, and she's ready to run away with him, and he's like, eh. I am not too sure. Like that's a lot. He reads to the take room on. a little bit better. And I think, I think I really like how over the course of the show, she kind of really comes to terms with like how powerful those emotions can be, but maybe they are not the best thing to give into, or maybe they're you know, not. Maybe you need to make it more your whole life on yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Maybe it's just lust. Mm-hmm. So Amit is Manakshi's brother. So her mother <laughs> completely disapproves of this match because yeah. her mother does not like Manakshi and has very good reasons. It's because to not Manakshi, like Manakshi rules, and uh... Manakshi doesn't rule. Okay, I really sorry like, for party rocking. I really like the character of Manakshi. And oh, I actress, don't know if I want to be related to Manakshi. Yeah, I think the actress gives a great performance, but very early on in the show, Lata's mother. I think it's is, the first time she's even introduced. Really, yeah. She's, is, is showing these medals that her husband got for kind of being like first in class. He was an engineer, I believe, an engineer. Some science thing. Yeah, when he was in school. And she gave them to Munakshi. Uh, for some reason. Well, because she didn't have anything. Oh, yeah, it was to, the dowry. Right. Well, not a dowry, but she didn't have anything to give her when they got married. She didn't have any jewelry to pass yeah. to her. So she gave her these gold medals. Manakshi goes and melts them down to make jewelry with, which is heartbreaking yeah. to her mother-in-law. And just vindictive. She doesn't need to do that. No, she's already rich. Parents. She's got tons of jewelry. Exactly. So, uh, so you can see why... Why Lata's mother does not like Manakshi and kind of disapproves of her whole family. She disapproves of all the Chatterjees. Cuckoo. I like Cuckoo, too. That's her sister. Yeah, who's marrying Hans. Who's marrying Hans, this uh, guy who plays the piano and is easily upset. (laughs) Yeah, Cuckoo and Hans are hilarious. Uh, I think it's very clear that while very cute, uh, Amit... As a poet, he's a player, a, though. He's a player. He's a smooth operator. Yeah. Uh, so you know, but he's he's got that kind of like bad boy edge, and your mother doesn't like him, so you can see why she would be interested in him. He's published a book. Who doesn't like that? The Fever Bird. The Fever Bird, and the Fever Bird has ten poems in it. Twenty. Twenty poems. Okay. Or, he, or was it ten? Maybe it's not a very many poems, and he reads yeah. one, and it's like <laughs> maybe five lines long. So like. This is not a very long book. Yeah, you did not think it looked like good poetry. Yeah. Or sounded like good poetry. I thought poetry. it was okay. His poetry's okay. But he's definitely like rich, uh, sort of louche, layabout yeah. type guy. Uh, we actually watched the movie Met- Met- Metropolitan last night. Yeah. He would be the Chris Eichmann. <laughs> right? Sure. Yeah, he, He's that character. Like the rich guy who's above it all and witty 
And, you know, I don't think he's going to fall in love as much as Lata would. Well, I think at first he's not that interested in her, but then no, he his sister of, is pushing them off. Yeah, but then he kind of becomes a lot more interested in her. Yeah. Then there's Haresh, the uh, the shoe salesman who we've already described a bit. I guess what we can say about Haresh is that he is really focused on suitability high providing for his family. He he wants to get married and build a life. He's an orphan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, he ran away from home at 15. Right. And he's very he's very honest about that. Uh, he's very straightforward, and he's like very clearly wants to like take care of Lata and have a family with her. He falls in love pretty quickly. He first sees her at a train station and then later on gets to meet her kind of through this family friend. And I think I was immediately endeared to Haresh because there's a scene where he takes Lata and her mother to his shoe factory and he tells one of the workers to go home because his daughter's sick. Like While this guy's <laughs> scraping, uh, I think, fat and... Uh hair off of a hide and so Lata and her mother are just like man this stinks so bad yeah and they're trying not to faint and these guys like yeah Ram saying go go hang out with your daughter she, you know yeah he's he clearly he cares about people and so the show the show really sets him up as maybe not the most he's not romantic flamboyant choice, yeah but he's he clear he's clearly shown as being a good man I think what really makes a lot of this section of the show work is that Lata's mother, played by Myra Cocker, is so good. She's very funny. She is so funny. Meddling, kind of presumptuous, and but there's also dogged. A, but there's also a sweetness to her yeah. and to her performance that you. I think you really... She wants the best for her kid. She wants the best for her daughter. And she, you know, has clearly had to kind of, since her husband's death, you know, make it, make her way through this world with her four children. And she's trying to do her best, but she has, she has ideas <laughs> about mm-hmm. like what she wants for her kids and what should happen. And she's very vocal about them. And Myra Kakar just, I think, really, really brings a lot of life to this character and the relationship between her and Lata is at times complicated uh, they're not always happy with one another and just feels very authentic to how mothers and daughters relate sometimes I thought of um, I thought of Lady Bird a bit when I was watching the two of them a movie I haven't seen so yeah I think like that covers a lot of kind of the basic narrative and some of the performance uh, as we mentioned there were some quality issues with the streaming. However, I think it is gorgeously shot, and we were quite impressed with um, some of the some of the framing. Yeah, I mean, I think the first episode, I did turn to you and say that this reminds me of a CBC show. Mm-hmm. Just the blocking and the editing. Just it's, like very ve- early on in the wedding. Yeah, it's a very basic shot reverse shot, and. I think there was a kind of flatness to that episode, but I think the later ones looked better. And I wondered if maybe they shot that one first to prove that it would work or something. Well, it's again also very like the wedding scenes, which are somewhat contained. And I think as it goes on, and the scope op- broadens. Yeah, and opens up more. I think it, it's especially like like the recreation of 1950s Calcutta. I thought yeah, that, that looks amazing. cool. It looks like uh, you know Beyond Cash is there, and yeah, yeah, and I think like. The the blocking is all is always very much in service of um, of the narrative and kind of telling you more about these characters. I think I think a lot of it was really expertly done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has that kind of lush BBC quality that I think yeah. you want. I've seen people with compare like, it to Merchant Ivory as well. Yeah, yeah, with I think like clearly like a high budget. Mm-hmm. But still TV, though. But yes, it still feels very TV. Like we mentioned Kalank. Like it's not going to hit that level of opulence. No. One thing we haven't mentioned uh, that we probably should have at the top of the show is that a lot of it is actually in English. Actually, I would say 90% of the show is in English. Most of it is in English. Yeah. Uh, kind of a big deal, actually. <laughs> which is fair. Books written in English. It's for the BBC. Uh, and That is the biggest complaint on Letterboxd that I've seen is that... People don't like the Indian accents in English. Mm. These are Indian people watching it. They're like, this would have been so much better in Hindi and right. Urdu. Well, and interestingly, Sacred Games is a book in English, but 
they Vikram Aditya Matwane chose to adapt it in Hindi, and that was very important to to him. And I, I think at one point Anurag Kashyap was offered the opportunity to adapt it, but they wanted him to do it in English, and he was said no, he would only do it in Hindi. Yeah. So this one, I don't know. I think it is that kind of, at least on Lata's side, that sort of Jane Austen plot of who's she going to marry and who are these hunks. Mm-hmm. It works in English. I didn't think the accents were too stereotypical. I thought they were fine. But again, I'm not an Indian person. So no. if you think that they're just going too far for it, that they probably are. Mm-hmm. But, you know, on the whole, I thought it worked. Would it have been better in Hindi? Maybe. Um, difficult to say. Yeah, I I wonder if it would have as much broad appeal. Yeah, it, it wouldn't have been a BBC production. But that being said, like, I don't know, because there's that whole, like, I do think audiences should be more open to content, to films and television in languages other than their own. Yeah, maybe at this point someone towards Monsoon Wedding later. Yeah, so on one hand, like... I, I understand why, in order to make it as accessible as possible to a global audience, they, or a certain kind of global audience. The people who watch BBC shows. A Western global audience who watches BBC. Yeah. I see why they made it in predominantly English. However, I do think it might have made a statement uh, had they tried to push it in Hindi. Who knows? I, I don't know I if the BBC would the fund decision. a whole Hindi show, though. Yeah. Like six hours long, super expensive production. I feel yeah. like English is probably, it's, you got to do it. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I didn't read into whether um, Miranair has talked about the decision and to do it in English. And it was also adapted by Andrew Davies, who I suspect does not speak Hindi. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's interesting, but um, yeah, I guess Sacred Games. I didn't know that they wanted to do it in English before, but... In that one, the language is so important because there's Hindi and Marathi a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to sound yeah. a lot like... Um, like Bombay itself. Bombay. Whereas this, since it's a period piece too, I feel like it would probably sound like a Raj Kapoor movie or something if you actually did it in Hindi. Mm-hmm. And it would feel kind of stilted in that way. Yeah. So it's. I think it's... With a period piece like that, it's always going to be kind of outside of time anyway. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. I'm not justifying it. I I would have probably enjoyed watching it in Hindi too, but yeah. Who knows? Well, does that bring us to the spoiler zone? Sure. Okay. Spoiler zone. All right. Your suitability rankings. I need of you the to boys. give me the guys. Okay. Uh, do you want, like, so, all the boys or the ones that are really just Lata's suitors? No, I think we should talk about all the boys because there's a few other ones in the mix. Because um, there's a guy that not so great. Oh, okay, right. What was his name? We'll just call him the rapist. There's where a guy is, who tries to attack her. Where is the he rapist? Is, <laughs> he is obviously suitability level zero. Yeah. I will say... Uh, I, that little plot point was very interesting, and I loved the way that Lata tried to come to uh, another woman's rescue. Yeah, that dude was a creep. You could tell right away. Just um, guys, if you're talking to a girl that you knew when you were a child, like, don't dwell on that. <laughs> that that's weird. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so his suitability ranking is the lowest. Is zero. Is yeah. zero level. Um, for Rose. Rose, okay, so that is um, Ishan Katar's buddy. Uh, he's interested in Taboo's daughter. He's okay. Sister. Daughter, sister, daughter. <laughs> Just like Chinatown. Yeah, that we saw that coming from a mile away. Uh, suitability level, I don't know, 50%. He's rich. He seems nice. But he's Muslim. He's Muslim, though, which at that time would be pretty difficult. And Lata's mother wouldn't have any of it. Yeah. Uh, so Mon. Pran's brother. Pran's brother. Ishan Qatar. Oh, Mon. Okay. I thought you said Salman. Mon. Uh, Mon. Okay, so Mon starts out at a suitability level like 10 and eventually gets better, but then is a felon briefly. (laughs) And then 
gets mixed up in a bunch of politics and is obsessed with Tabu, like, I think his suitability level sticks out around 10. He's he's already made his choice. Getting married <laughs> to him is not really worth the uh, pain in the ass he would be. Okay. Are we, are we ready for the actual suitors? Okay, the boys. Kabir. Kabir. Okay, so Kabir is definitely that hot guy you meet at university. And it's just like, what, there's hot guys? Didn't know about those. I just lived with my parents my whole life. Um, and he fulfills a very useful uh, thing in someone's life, but he's not marriage material. He's possessive. I think uh, putting aside the fact that he is Muslim and Lata is Hindu, he is possessive. And yeah, you get more of that later on. Yeah, and, and she realizes that it's always going to be about his needs mm-hmm. and never about hers. And I think that's re- I think that's a very mature observation that she makes. I also think that... Hilariously, he's gotten into poetry to try and meet girls, which is, <laughs> I guess there's a lot of women who do appreciate and enjoy poetry. I mean, it's my job. I know this, but like, come on, just yeah, focus more on the cricket. The cricket is your guide to getting a girlfriend. Yeah. Ahmed, Manakshi's brother. Okay. I'm a Chatterjee. I think he's sling material, but not marriage material. I'm a Chatterjee if you are willing to put up with philandering. He's rich, though. He's right. filthy rich. You would have a great life as long as you don't mind. Hans would be your brother-in-law. Hans would be your brother-in-law. He would provide a lot of. Yeah, it's very funny. <laughs> you could have a you you could have an affair too. You know, if you're willing for this sort of swinging city Calcutta lifestyle, you have to put up with your brother Arthur and more. But uh, but I, I think he's he's the kind of guy who he's also I think very is, conceited. Would, yeah, he's very conceited. But I also think it's very hot and cold. So like. At first, he doesn't seem that interested in Lata. She seems more interested in him. Or maybe it's just Manakshi. And then he, he really does fall for her, but I think he'll fall for the next girl that comes along. Yeah. And he's always having women throw themselves at him as a famous poet. Which is apparently <laughs> famous a thing, poet. Which is apparently a thing that happened. Is he a famous poet or is he just a rich guy? So. Uh, his that, suitability level is 70. Because so, if you're willing to put up with the casual, um, you know, adultery... You do get a pretty good life of being rich and living in Calcutta. So that brings us to Haresh, who was my favorite the whole time. Partly because... Suitability level 100%. Partly because I admit I would like lots of shoes. But also I just thought he was very, very nice. Maybe not the sexiest of the suitors. Maybe not the most romantic. He doesn't look like a model. No, but also he knows when to apologize. Yes, his story is funny because, like, okay, I'm a Chatterjee, Rich will cheat on you, Kabir, very possessive, uh, Haresh briefly and gets... Ahmed, not Ahmed, Kabir does not know when to apologize. Yeah, Haresh briefly loses his cool during a conversation and storms off, and then... He gets upset because she casually calls him mean, and it's understandable, and it was kind of set up earlier where we got, like, a bit of his side where he said, like goals that he had and one of the things that he said is that he wanted to work on his anger and his temper so then when you see it come up you're like oh there's that anger and temper but he just gets upset and it's not like he slapped her or anything like they just had a brief argument and then he thinks about it for like a couple months and it's very sad and he apologizes and And also like she is kind of stringing him on and that's like he just loses his patience it's just funny though that like that's the big tension in their relationship is that he was briefly mad at her for a second. Whereas, you know, Ama Chatterjee will cheat on you 100%. Kabir, very possessive weirdo. Uh, Ishan Katara's character is involved in all kinds of crazy crap. Harash, you know, quits his job out of principle. Yeah. Good, good guy. Gets a job working for a Czech uh, shoe manufacturer and proves his worth by making a perfect pair of shoes. Like, I know it's not the most romantic thing in the world that you know Lata realizes like oh my mom just wanted the bet wants the best for me and this man is actually a very nice person who I could love but I don't know it's a very it's a very mature place I think where the show kind of concludes I, I think like this conclusion is very mature and I don't know Haresh is just presented as such a nice guy and you know sometimes nice boys get the girl Mm-hmm. And I, so I honestly did not think it was going to be Haresh because I didn't think that he was the most exciting of the choices. He was the most suitable. But he, he was the most suitable. And so I think I got a little emotional when she picked him. Like, I was just like, oh, he deserves it. It was up in the air, though. I had no idea who she was going to And she's for. like, yeah. Yeah. 
All right, anything else you want to say in the spoiler zone before we wrap up this episode? We didn't say anything about our brother who's a drunk who likes listening to... Oh, Vivian Shaw. Yeah, old songs, and he'll be the hero of the next one whenever that happens. Okay, no, the next one's apparently actually set in present day. What? It's not... Because the show ends with, okay, now we have to get him married. It's set in the present day. (laughs) Will we ever find out? (laughs) I don't know, maybe. Huh. I thought for sure it'd be like, okay, well, it's... Find some girls for him, and then it's like the 60s and stuff Does happens there. Does anyone make clothes that fit Vivian Shaw? Because I feel like everything I see him in, his clothes always just look a little too big for him. That was also the 50s style, though. They oh, yeah, they liked a, a lot point. of baggy that's, suits. That's a good point. I, I, I appreciate that he just likes getting drunk and smoking and listening to records. Yes. <laughs> that suitability level is pretty good. Not for marrying your sister, but you know, for marrying anyone else. Pretty solid. Mm-hmm. And also him embarrassing himself at uh, Aaron's party. Very good. <laughs> Tip top. <laughs> right. Okay, spoiler zone over. This episode of Bollywood is for Lovers is brought to you by The Shared Mic. Can you remember the last time you spoke to someone from a totally different generation who wasn't a member of your family? There's so much we can learn from listening to people both younger and older than ourselves. The Shared Mic, Conversations for the Ages, is a unique interview format intergenerational podcast by Age-Friendly Edmonton, bringing together Edmontonians of different ages and backgrounds to discuss topics that matter to them. Season 2 launches October 5th, and features conversations about cultivating friendships, building careers, exploring virtual theater, volunteerism, and much more. Find The Shared Mic on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Shared Mic is brought to you by the Edmonton Seniors Coordinating Council and the City of Edmonton. This episode is also brought to you by Unbelts, the Edmonton-based business that makes the comfiest stretch belts around. Unbelts also makes cloth masks. You're going to need more of those, whether you're heading back to school or just living in a city that requires masks indoors or on the bus. Unbelts masks are designed by serious perfectionists. The masks follow all the latest WHO guidelines. They're ethically made down to their components. Most importantly, they're super comfortable, even if you have to wear them all day. They come in all sorts of colors and four sizes, from preschooler to adult extra large. They've been featured in Parents Magazine, L Canada, and were even named Best in Edmonton. They've even got a nose wire that keeps your glasses from fogging up. They also go use elastic straps that go around your head instead of your ears, which is useful for me because as someone wearing glasses, I find that a lot of other masks, um, it takes up the real estate on your ears. So if you're able to wrap around your head rather than your ears, it's easier to put your glasses on and have them not fall off. So what are you waiting for? Head to unbelts.ca to order your masks today. Shipping is always free, and you can enter the code APN for a free mini laundry bag just for Alberta Podcast Network listeners. Or if you're an Alberta teacher, click Teacher Discount on their homepage for 20% off your entire order. Once again, that's unbelts.ca and enter code APN. Uh, so that brings us to the end of this Netflix and Dill episode. What are we doing next time, Matt? Well, we are leaving our house for the first time. I have not slept in a different place. We slept We went in to your parents' tent. house one, yeah. one day in a tent. Yeah. But I have not slept in a different place and really gone much farther than... Since March. 40 minutes away from our place since March. Yeah. We're going to go... Visit your brother and his uh, partner to meet their new baby. And we're going to get your sister-in-law, I guess? My brother's partner. Your brother's partner to watch some movies about having a kid. Yeah. To tell us if they're accurate or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Julianne, my brother's partner, is going to be joining us to watch a couple of pregnancy We're going to be joining movies. her. We're going all the way to Jasper. Yeah. Yeah. Which will be great. If you've seen 8x10 Tasvir, it's sort of like where... <laughs> Uh, Akshay Kumar's character lives, except less corporate. Yeah, or Koyamagaya. Koyamagaya, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a mountain town like those. It's our version of Shimla. Yeah. Okay. That's where we're going. Uh, so that will be in two weeks. In the meantime, Matt, and actually, when people are listening to this, we will have already recorded that. Look Ooh. at how ahead of things we're getting. Time travel. I know. Uh, uh, okay, at Bollywood Pod. Yeah. 
I'm at underscore B-O-W-E-S. I'm at Erin E. Fraser, E-R-N-E-F-R-A-S-E-R. Facebook.com slash Ballers for Lovers. Tumblr.com slash Ballers for Lovers. You have another show. I do. Uh, it's called Trash on the Movies. I do it with Paul Matwichuk. Uh, it's pretty good. Like I said, we have an episode where we discuss Monsoon Wedding. We're currently working on an episode of film starring Diana Ross, pretty much just because I wanted to rewatch The Wiz. I watched uh, the other film, Lady Sings the Blues, this afternoon. Depressing. Big bummer. Yeah. Not a, not a happy film. She had a lot to be blue about. Uh, if you're a fan of the show, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a star review. We've had a listener reach out. They don't use Apple Podcasts and they want to send us a review. So I said to put it on whatever podcast service you use and send it to us and then we'll read it out. So I guess we'll offer that to everyone else. Yeah. If that, it, yeah. And email it to us, I guess, too, if whatever podcatcher you're using. Yeah. Mess- message us on Facebook or Twitter because our yeah. emails are not public. That's the easiest way to find us. But yeah. Um, yeah, you'll get the biffle points. Don't worry. Yes. Uh, we want to thank Becca Dalkey for our artwork. Tuffy is the best boy. Yep. See you in two weeks. Well. See you in four weeks. Well, we don't actually see them. It's okay. Hear you in four weeks. <laughs> we, we don't hear them either. They hear, hear us. Hear us in four weeks. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>